0: Welcome to the Recovering Perfectionist podcast, where I empower you to develop sustainable habits, challenge society, and take messy action. I'm Christine, life balance coach and world champion ballroom dancer, and I believe that everyone has the power to create their very own life by design. The Recovering Perfectionist podcast was created with a mission to encourage a life of abundance by finding peace and acceptance in our own imperfections and developing healthy self-love through sustainable habits and manifestation. It's time to align with the universe for the full human experience and redefine what it really means to be successful. Uh It's too good, the secret is out and wow. Uh uh-huh.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. I am here today. Guys, this is going to be a very, very special episode. I'm going to be revealing some vulnerable, I'm going to be very vulnerable in this episode. I'm here today with Laura Marie. She is a birth and motherhood mindset mentor. She's a certified clinical hypnotist and a certified doula. Hello, Laura.
2: (laughs) Hello. Oh, Christine, I'm so excited. This is, we're going to, we're going to, this
1: is, yeah, we're going to do all the things. Um, this, this podcast is all about me, you know, shedding my armor of all of these years of, you know, putting like faking it till you make it putting on a show, all those things and really showcasing that, like, we all have fears. We all have insecurities. We all have, you know, uh, mental health unbalances. And this is what I've been showing through this podcast, but this pregnancy, childbirth, all these things is like, this is the cherry on the top of the cake for me. This is the biggest fear. Uh, And my husband and I want kids. Uh, I, I grew up not wanting kids at all. Met my husband, went through that journey, took a year and a half mentally for me to be like okay I want children in my life. Yeah. But I'm still like how's that process going to happen? Who's going to have these children, right?
2: <laughs> Who's going to do this now?
1: <laughs> Who's going to do this now? So I've been working with a bunch of different coaches and therapists to work through the trauma of where that's stemming from so that we can kind of remove that. One of them is Leah Fuentes who is Is how we got connected.
2: Yeah, Leah. She's just shout out to
1: Leah. She's (laughs) amazing, (laughs) and she has been. I've been doing hypnotherapy sessions with her, redefining motherhood. um, You know, putting myself in the position of pain and childbirth, and like, you know, our brains make things so much more dramatic than they really are. And so, like, what does that actually look like? When I tell you, Laura, certain things that have happened since I've started these sessions in my life, not even on a session, but just like different, like things that have happened of painful moments of like, you know, all these different things that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real time. I have to deal with this right now. Um, And just seeing how strong I am, you know, mentally, physically, all of the things. Yeah. So I want you to introduce yourself. I want you to kind of talk a little bit about how you got into this and like, what's the journey that led to you? Obviously, like, you know, in a nice compact way, (laughs) because I know you have kids yourself and this is, you know, and why you kind of wanted to help women through this journey.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, as you mentioned, I'm certified clinical hypnotist, um, certifying as a labor postpartum doula. Um, I have just like this deep, deep passion, um, to help women really empower themselves through the journey of motherhood on the way there through it after it, that it really can be just this beautiful, expansive, um, experience that just gets to add to this growth throughout your life. Um, I, became certified as a clinical hypnotist, probably about 2017. It was just really pulled to this idea about, um, healing through the subconscious. Um, and that like so much of who we are, who we believe ourselves to be this worldview is rooted in this subconscious. Um, so I have been coaching people through kind of breaking through their own subconscious barriers, uh, and hurdles. And it's, you know, there, when it comes to the birth work, there was something in me that I knew at some point I was gonna be, you know, involved in birth work. I knew this even in my early twenties when I first kind of got involved or not involved, but learned a lot more about the world of midwifery um, and had a really strong pull there. Um, But yeah, when it came to uh, the birth of my son, who he was born actually just December, 2021. So he's about just about 10 months old at this time um, it was, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, about a year prior to that, or just around the time, uh, just before I found out I was pregnant, I had a really big spiritual awakening. Um, I don't know if it was just like turning 30, like having my Saturn return. There was like, there were so many things, um, that just kind of shook me awake into, Um, really stepping into this business, this life of coaching and mentorship and mindset and, you know, really owning my own authentic, authentic self and healing my own childhood traumas Um, and realizing that you don't have to have the big T trauma to, you know, see the impacts of your childhood and how they affect your adult life, right? Like there's so many varying degrees um so through that healing and that awakening um I don't know I was in such a great place um as far as like my mindset and my spirituality all those things um that when my husband and I found out we were pregnant like we had just sort of opened up the opportunity or the possibility of it happening um Mm -hmm. and it happened actually really quick and um I don't know I remember just through my pregnancy that I really wanted to manage my energy and, um, that's when I really started setting some harder boundaries in the work, um, while I was still in the work world and developing my business, Uh um, and just doing things that like protected my energy anyways. Um, so I had a really exceptional pregnancy and I think it was just even through, Um, my training and my background with hypnosis is knowing that like your mindset is so key in something like this and that there is like such a paradigm of fear based around birth and pregnancy um, that I was just like determined like it does not have to be that way you know and already in my mind it was like I'm gonna have an amazing birth experience you know. and my pregnancy itself like I you know maintain like focus on managing my energy managing my stress level setting boundaries that like i'm creating a life like things that i used to prioritize like trying to work hard and be the best of this is like no longer playing that big of an importance mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day i'm in control of managing my own energy and there's certain things that i just needed to cut out um yeah and for the best you know the better of myself and my growing baby and you know this pregnancy was like i had no morning sickness i felt like completely in thrive mode, like I had so much energy, I had, you know, all the things that um, most women say the experience or are expected to, right, believe that right. They, this is what you're expected to,
1: to right, because society conditioning and programming has already put that in our heads, so we're like, oh, well, this is normal, you know what yeah. I mean, it's like all the symptoms, all the things that we're expecting, so the I have symptoms. two, I have two questions for you, your were were you ever scared to be pregnant or go through childbirth? Was this ever a fear of yours or you were, that was not really a thing.
2: It was never, it was never a fear for me. I don't know. I just, I had this belief that it was just going to be a really, it, it could be a really empowering experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, there are fears that come up because it's in a sense of like, well, not everything's in my control.
1: That part, that's that's the part that terrifies me, right? Because when I am doing something, at least I know I have the tools and resources that if shit hits the fan, I can figure my way out. But with this, it's like I'm completely at the mercy of my body, but other people, other doctors, things like that. That if something goes wrong, there's not a lot I can do in that moment. Um, I have to just trust the process, and that is. You know, it's something I'm learning how to do in other areas of my life at the moment, but it's, you know, much different when you're in the middle of a major experience like that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, in a sense, like there's a lot out of your control, but there also is a lot still within your control
1: mentally, right?
2: mentally, mentally, yeah. like how yeah. you perceive what's happening, um, you know, your even your self talk throughout the day. Um, yes. And loving your body throughout the whole process, you know, because it, it is changing. You do, there's all sorts of new sensations along the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I would definitely say like just educating yourself too on the process of birth, on the process of your body growing, really like information is power, right? Once we mm-hmm. know um, you know, what is happening, it really helps take away some of the fears. Um, you know, and finding one of the biggest things too is also finding a care team, whether it's a midwife, a doctor, whatever, that aligns with the kind of birth um you want to have and kind of pregnancy you want to follow. Um I found that like you know, I listened to a lot of positive birth stories. Mm. And I don't know if it was just all this inner work that I had done that I was also um just very grounded in like my sense of self, my sense of security, um, safety. I think that too plays a really big role in this as well Is like, you know, what are the terms, what is the structure of your own safety security, um, that, you know, because if, and your relationship to fear as well.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. So then my other question is, did, um, Did your mom have good pregnancies and deliveries?
2: Yeah, my mom actually, she did have, um, she did have good pregnancies. My own birth was relatively good. I think all of them were. Maybe her first one, she was really young with my, um, my half brother, I think in her early 20s. And it was a difficult pregnancy because she was young, it was unexpected. She didn't know how she was gonna care for this baby. You know, she thought there was a
1: lot of mental stress there. Cause I'm thinking the younger that we are, isn't that what they say? That you don't want to, you know, they use this term that I completely am against geriatric pregnancy once you're 35. So the idea it's terrible. a doctor says that to me, I'm walking out of his office. Um, (laughs) um, no, so the idea is that you know, the younger the better. You know what I mean? You're more resilient, it's easier.
2: Yeah. And and that's the thing is like the medical world is going to have all sorts of ideal scenarios um, of when is the best time to give birth? When's the best time to be pregnant? But honestly, I'm seeing more and more women starting families later in life, later in their thirties. Like my mom, actually my mom, when I was born, she was 39.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah you know, like she had both my brother and I later in her thirties. Um, you know, my dad was late in his age too. And even now I'm seeing it, it's more and more common. And I think like you're, again, it's all about your energy, your mindset, your preparation behind it. Um, that really plays a big part, I think in having that easeful experience and Mm -hmm. having, feeling more flow rather than fear um throughout a pregnancy leading into birth um, right. yeah a mother's a mother's mental and emotional state plays a huge role even in utero um on the effects of the fetus of the baby yeah um it, it's it's such a it's such a big thing I don't think it's talked about enough and that there's even studies that have shown this as well the effects um on the mother on the fetus and you know seeing certain effects on how they how the children um, later on can cope with stress um, and cope with adversity in life so I mean all these things are again like they're all within your control and that the thing is you can still feel fear and you can still have a great experience right Right. it's all about that relationship with fear and how you integrate it into into your experience
1: absolutely agree yeah absolutely agree so there have been a lot of talks in my circle about like how this is going to go down. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I have, my mother had great pregnancies, Mm -hmm. didn't do epidurals, just went for it. She had one, she had me in France. Mm -hmm. So that was a very different experience. Um, she said it was, it was fabulous. You know, she's in the hospital for like almost a week and a half. They're taking good care of her. It's like, it's a free experience. It's great coming here in the United States, a lot more rushed, right? She had my brother here in the United States four years later, a lot more rushed. You're in and out in a couple of days. It's very expensive. Um, You know, it's not as, you know, um, how do I put it? Like a homey experience. You know what I mean?
2: It's more like a business transaction.
1: Correct. Correct. And that, like you said, mental with all these machines beeping and everything, that's just that'll drive anyone crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my mother-in-law is from Haiti. She's had four children, uh, three of them she had in Haiti and one of them in the United States. And you know, just the way that she grew up and just different things like that. She, for her, it's like no big deal. Like I've done harder things in my life. So I get that. That's not very helpful for me because my experience is, I have been blessed and not had to have any major surgeries or broken anything, or I avoid doctors like the plague. Like I take good care of myself. I'm homeopathic. I boost my immune system. Like I'm not going to a hospital unless I'm like literally dying, you know? And so to think about having that experience and like I've seen, um, you know, so many, this is like the popular thing now is to have home births, water home births, right? So you're seeing people like Hillary Duff, and some of these celebrities that are doing this now that are saying this is the most wonderful experience, you know, Ashley Graham, a bunch of these people that have really um, gravitated towards this experience, um, and had, like yourself, a certified doula, um, you know, the people that they love around them, not all these beeping machines um, and creating this wonderful experience for a baby to come into. There's a lot of things that we don't know about that the doctors do when you're in the hospital giving birth, um, just little things, you know, but um, a lot of these people on, uh, um, on Instagram that are certified in all of these ways, they're talking about the fact that you know, we give an epidural to a mom so that she's not in pain, but then the birth slow, the birthing process slows down. They got to give her Pitocin. Mm -hmm. Pitocin speeds up the heart rate of the baby because now it's epidural, Pitocin, all the things. And that leads to many emergency Mm C-sections, you know, which for me, my thought process was oh, well, it's totally fine. I'm just going to literally just schedule a C-section. There'll be no labor. There'll be no pain. I'll just go in. They'll cut me open. Look at the baby out. Easy peasy. Right. I won't feel a thing mm-hmm. because I have some of these friends of mine who are athletes like I am. And then, and they're like, oh my gosh, like I've been stretching. I've been doing all the things. Everything's great. And then 30 hours of labor later, You know, or 25 hours of labor later, and then they end up in emergency C section and they're pissed because they're like, Oh my gosh, I was gonna do it natural and they didn't wanna like cut open my abs and all these things. And I'm like, you sat there for 20, 25 hours just in labor and they didn't like you don't get a gold star at the end. Like nobody needs to be a hero. You know what I mean? You just both need to be safe, you and baby. So like if I schedule it and just go right in and be done that's been my thought process. Right. So I know there's a lot of different things that I touched on there, but like, talk to me a little bit about the home birth. You had your son in a hospital.
2: No, I actually, we did a home birth first okay. birth at home. Yeah. And ha-
1: and was that the plan from day one or was that something you leaned into later on?
2: That was so, I mean, how I went into this, like planning the birth or, you know, preparing for it was I'm not going to be dead set on anything Because again, I know not everything's in my control, but this is my ideal. And given the time, and again, like your terms of safety and security are different for everyone. And I knew at the time I was like, hell no, I do not want to one hospital completely out of the question. But at the end of the day, like there was a part of me that had to surrender to if something should come up that I absolutely need to go to the hospital, I need to be okay with that on some level, you know, yeah. that, that took a little bit of work. Like I remember the hospital calling me prior to doing the registration. I was like, and they're kind of going through the steps. Like I'm going to be there. I'm like, okay, I understanding this phone call, but like, this is not, you know, and I do sort of like this protection over me as I'm on this. Mm. phone. Call. Like, okay. We're just protecting our energy. It's okay.
1: Well, that's it. Cause I'm immediately like, I've had some serious, I mean, some traumatic experiences with OBs and, you know, OBGYNs and different people like that in, in the Western medicine medical mm-hmm. field. And I'm immediately like closed off to mm-hmm. a lot of the things that they say, mm-hmm. um, which is part of me doesn't want to be, but part of me is like protecting my energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, if something like that happens and I need to go in, or if I decide to do it in the hospital, just because. I'm nervous about the home birth situation. Like yeah. I need to be in a, in a state of like, I trust you. You're mm-hmm. the person that's going to do this. And it's slowly, but surely, like my husband just got his wisdom teeth out yesterday Yeah, and was a very easy procedure. He's, you know, doing great, but the doctor was really fun. Came in super chill, cracked some jokes. We talked about what we do for a living. He told us the procedure, you know, yeah. it's a, a routine thing for him. And within a matter of 20 minutes, my husband was ready to go home. Yeah. So when you have people like that, I did end up finding an OB who does the same thing. He's like, he gets me in, we do the routine thing. You know, he gives me a pap, gives me results right there. I don't have to go home and wait for a week and a half for results. He's someone that like, he's like, yeah, I'm kind of like a little black sheep of the medical field you know, because I do things a little differently. And I was like, well, that's why I like you, you know, like (laughs) that's okay. That's (laughs) That's, yeah, exactly. You make me feel comfortable. You make me feel um, like I can ask you questions and nothing's a stupid question. And like, I have a say in how this appointment goes and I, we get to do it together. And it's not just something happening to me that I have to shield myself from. I feel like that's what a lot of these Mm -hmm. doctors are doing because it's like, listen, we got to go. I got other patients to see. I don't have time for this. And the people who take the time to get to know you and, you know, I come in and he's like, how are you doing today? I'm like, well, you know, uh, this Mm -hmm. isn't my favorite place to be, but I'm here and, you know, we make jokes. Um, That's something I'm trying to work towards of getting more comfortable with certain doctors that can Mm -hmm. break the ice with me on that. You know?
2: exactly and and that's that's the beauty of it and that's like one of the first steps you can take again that is like within your controls that like you actually do get to choose who your care providers are and if you don't yeah. jive with them like you have that power you have that that choice to say okay you're not this is not we're not yeah. going this route right? right just like and and choosing your location, for giving birth is like plays a huge huge role right again it's like knowing where you feel most safe and secure and again like that's where you know having a home birth I was like okay that's kind of a no-brainer for me to me I felt so empowered in what my body was able to do and what it can do and really trusting in that um that I was like you know what home feels safest to me and the most comfortable but at the same time as i also knew that like if we wanted to go to the birth center we could do that at any point and then the other part of me is like i don't want to ride in a car during contractions right. like you know so it was, yeah. I mean, it it was kind of what I said out at the beginning and it took a little bit for my husband to kind of get on board. Mm. I mean, he was like, for the most part, he would just, but he would be like, are you sure you want to
1: do a home birth? And I was like,
2: yeah, I'm pretty sure. But I'm like, as long as you're comfortable, but if you're not, you need to say something now,
1: but right. Speak now, forever, hold your peace. Right. Pretty much. (laughs) Explain to me. Um, you said the center. So, I mean, I've also done some research about birthing centers versus Mm -hmm. hospitals. Um, talk to me a little bit about a birthing center and how that's a little bit more like the middle ground between the two.
2: Yeah, so the birthing center essentially like how it works here in Canada and I think it's similar in the states too um is where um you can have a midwife and a midwife will oversee your pregnancy uh and your birth uh at a birth center. And essentially like the ones we have here they're really nice. It's almost like a hotel room like you get a really nice big jet coo- um jet tub and there's nice. like a bed a couch a fireplace and they've got all the things you need you can you know nice lighting you can bring all the things that you want the speakers and twinkly yeah. lights and you can really set set the stage um and typically you know you're still within a traveling distance to a hospital should you need to transfer okay. um yeah and essentially you get to do your thing there um you would you know same thing you would check in after you know you're likely 4 centimeters dilated or more um and yeah midwives would oversee. So why
1: why did you choose a home birth over the birthing center?
2: I, you know at the end of it I just I felt most comfortable in my own home you know mm-hmm. I just had this vision of like okay I'm going to you know go into labor and gonna hang out in the bathtub, maybe have a glass of wine while things are on wrap, you know I love <laughs> things <it>. are opening
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
2: yeah, and you know we had a decent tub set up, so when our midwives came over for the the visit just to like check everything out and make sure you know the setup of the house you know would work fine and and what the you know whatever scenario was gonna pan out and I was like, yeah, you know what this just it felt right and it was listening to that intuitive feeling of like this feels right feels right to do here I'm gonna trust I'm gonna trust it you know right just like all throughout it was like trusting <sighs> trusting the process of my pregnancy of the birth um you know there's even moments so this is another part throughout pregnancy where I find certain apps and stuff that are trying to inform you along the way like you know talking about kick counts mm things like this, you know, it's was like, there's, there's almost just, I don't know, too much attention sometimes drawn to like, are you comparing certain things along your pregnancy to others? And I remember, um, I remember reading something in one of these apps about talking about kick counts. And I was like, and it made me sort of aware in the back of my mind of like counting one day. And I was like, oh, this doesn't like, feel like it's quite enough or, you know, and like right. those were moments of when I felt fear. And I was like, do I call the midwife, you know, and checking in, I was like, okay, well, what's actually happening? Like, is there actually any indication that something isn't right? Or is this like an external source that's like making me second guess my own intuition? Right. And, you know, ultimately like I would have my next appointment come up and obviously everything is right. Like, you know, I would have little affirmations every day and touch base with my baby and knew that he was healthy and knew that he was thriving and like, that's what I knew was going on in my body and these other fears and stuff that would come up that they were, you know, something projected from maybe something I read that literally had no evidence in my life that this was happening. Right.
1: Right. And it's- we're just trying to compare to what society says is a normal pregnancy based on all the data, but I don't think there's any normal pregnancy. I've I've read so many examples and so many studies of things from good examples, to bad examples, to trauma, to great, to all the things. And I just don't see any norm. Like this is what a great normal pregnancy looks like. Like, I just don't see any of that. So like, you're right. We know our bodies better than anybody and we Mm -hmm. need to trust that. And obviously ask questions along the way. Were you going to a regular Western doctor for your appointments? Uh,
2: No, I was seeing a midwife throughout. Um, I didn't even tell my doctor I was pregnant until... Uh, when I saw him a week ago
1: <laughs> that's amazing
2: I didn't see I mean, like nothing against him either but you know I just also had you know a different view of what we were doing with our child that probably wasn't you know the normal standards within the medical practice of what you do with your babies and um you know so I was like well I'll touch base with him when I feel like you know there's there's reason to or you know Right. That makes sense. But, um, but otherwise, no, I saw my midwife throughout. I saw a naturopath uh, as well um, that, you know, just helped me regulate some of uh, my yeah. vitamin nutrition and uh, other things to prepare. I saw a chiropractor, like I found an amazing chiropractor across my street that specialized with prenatal. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Adjustments regularly and, you know, learning now through um, my doula. Uh, certification too, is just like how important, you know, that alignment in your pelvis is in um, preparing yourself for birth. And that's what I mean. There's so many things in your control that you can do to encourage um, a more easeful birth um, no matter where well, you're Well, so at, many right? things like-
1: that that we're not talking about though, like in the greater mm-hmm. society conversation, mm-hmm. like these things you're talking about of like a good chiropractor, um, mm-hmm. you know, a naturopath for nutrition um, a midwife to help you with your energy and, you know, how things are going to go lay things out versus everyone's talking about, um, keeping, you know, this is how much weight you should be gaining every week, or this is how, what your baby should look like at this stage, or this is when you should start to feel kicks, or this is the, you know, I mean, all of the things, you know, we're monitoring things that really are not, I think as crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that are not going to make the difference some people are like oh yeah I'm stretching oh yeah I'm doing this I'm doing that and that's if you have an active mom yeah. who's exercising a lot of moms are not even exercising um but yeah you're right alignment of your pelvis to be able to prepare for that um energetically physically all of those things like those are things that doctors are western doctors are not discussing yeah
2: very much yeah they it, it just kind of gets completely left left to the side and it's such an important thing like again like what I experienced it was like total harmony total harmony throughout this pregnancy and into birth like it just flowed so well that I remember you know a few weeks away from when he was going to hit 40 weeks and um just being excited like so excited for labor for childbirth wow. <laughs> like I can't wait to see what my body's going to do. You know, I, and just to really trust um, it's natural process and wow. that we have this, you know, hormonal blueprint that actually allows us to feel pleasure in birth to almost in a sense a state of ecstasy um, and that it our body is wise our babies are wise like they know what to do that you know without any interference that it can actually happen just all on its own that you don't need a doctor there you don't need an episiotomy you don't need an epidural you don't need all these interventions you don't need the pitocin like you 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 don't know you don't need a room full of medical professionals watching you push out your baby to make sure that you're doing it right like you don't need these things. Like if you really open up to trusting your body and trusting the process and really anchoring into that, that's something extraordinary can happen. Not even extraordinary. It's just like, this is an ordinary thing. Like our existence here is proof that women have been giving birth unassisted for many, many generations, right? It's only been medicalized really in the last hundred years or so. And and this is primarily a Western thing, right? Birth culture all over the world is so different and has such a different perspective than, um, what it's become in the Western world and the lens that they've shone on it and fear mongering and fear-based. And yeah, I mean, some of the conversations that I've had with women lately, um, some like family and friends of mine and neighbors of like what medical staff and nurses even say to them you know when they're trying to admit and check in they're like oh you know you're not screaming so you're you you must not you're not in enough pain so I don't think you're actually that far in labor when they're like six to eight centimeters dilated almost you know like they they have a different perception of birth and the process and they they're not screaming in pain so they're almost just not taken seriously because it's like no birth is actually just supposed to be painful and I think you know one friend they were putting the IV in her and she's like kind of just like winced a little and the nurse said something like oh you're gonna have to be tougher than that because everything about childbirth is way more painful and it's like
1: what right right what are these people saying? <laughs> right, like already just to say that, like that's not what I want to hear right before I'm about to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Okay, so on a scale of one to 10, your experience of childbirth, doing it in a home birth, water birth session, what do you feel like, was this the most painful thing you've ever done? Or was it, like you said, childbirth shouldn't be painful. So where were you on the pain scale?
2: Oh, I was like, All the way in Pleasure Town. There was no, like, I was on the brink of an orgasm throughout. Like, it was, I was just so determined to feel, I don't know, like I said, in this place of ecstasy, like allowing those waves of intensity to flow through my body, to not fight it, to lean into it, to allow, you know, to surrender to it. And when you do, like I said, there's these, the way our bodies work in birth, Um, And the hormones that we have available to us, we have oxytocin, our body is pulsing it through, through our bodies with every contraction that we get this opportunity to lean into that we have the beta carotenoids that also release that allow us to feel pleasure, you know, and when you surrender to that. And like the feeling in my body was amazing. Like I was not screaming, I was so tapped in. And and also knowing like my experience with working in a trance state that I tapped into my breath, I allowed my breath to follow and flow what was happening in my body and match that rather than trying to fight what was happening in there. And even, you know, sometimes as a medical staff, they'll tell you, you know, okay, well, you're getting close. If you're nine to 10 centimeters, like, oh, don't push. And I think a lot of women get stuck there because then they're consciously trying to fight the waves in their body. And it's not that you're pushing, it's not consciously pushing, right? It's different. It's like still allow those waves to happen. Your body is pushing, but as long as you're not consciously trying to push with it and rather just release and surrender and flow with those waves that it continues to open. Like my, like I went from four to 10 centimeters in under two hours.
1: So that I, was going to be my next question is how long did you, it's from start of contractions to baby out.
2: So I would say like from my active labor, like there was something my, my girlfriend that was here visiting and she was kind of here for support, like I built my little village and we yeah. went for a walk at about nine 30 in the morning and I could just feel cramping. And I was like, okay, maybe today is the day. Maybe it's today. I'm not going to get hung up on anything. We still went out, we did grocery shopping and stuff. And we came home about one 2 o'clock. Cause I was like, okay, like, it's just getting a little bit more intense. I don't want to be out walking around. I'd rather be at home. I went in the bath. She made me some snacks. I had a glass of wine. I just like hung out in the bathtub. I called my midwife the first time at about 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, And they were like, the waves were kind of crashing like one after the other, maybe about two, two and a half minutes apart. Uh He showed up eventually at about 6.30, I think it was. Um, And then he was born at 9.30.
1: So, wow. So like three hours,
2: like three. Yeah. It really, it really, it went, it flowed so well. And he was not a small baby. Like he was nine pounds, four ounces. And, you know, and also like we had such great care with our midwives. Like she really just, she kind of just saw what I was doing. She's like, okay, you seem to have this under control. Like, she really just sort of let me do my thing and wasn't in a rush to check me, you know, and, you know, she was really good. She's like, okay, it can be encouraging or discouraging. And I was, and I was again, detached from wherever I was at. I was like, I'm here for this. I'm here for the experience. I'm enjoying yeah. what's happening in my body. You know, it is what it is, but I feel like it's likely pretty good because I was just in full flow, right? Wow. Full flow, not in resistance to anything. Um I mean, and like, and throughout, like the contractions, they were happening again, two, two and a half minutes apart. So it's not like there was a big rest in between, but I just tapped into my breath, tapped into what was happening in my body. And just again, like full surrender to the process. Um, Yeah. And he actually ended up being, we didn't end up doing a water birth. Like it didn't just work out in the hot or in the tub. I ended up having it like a little bit too hot, the water, I think. Um, and it just wasn't comfortable for me. And, you know, I was like, I'd love a water birth, but then it just, it just didn't happen that way. And it wasn't meant to, um, but he actually ended up being born on our bed with my husband there. My husband received him as he came out, but we actually didn't even know what we were having. Um, and yeah, it was like such a beautiful, empowering experience. Like it just, I was like, this, this is what more women need to feel and that it can be you know, this amazing, it can be this pleasurable. Like, I think I have a small little video too of (laughs) the last two and a half minutes of the birth. And I I remember the midwife even saying, you know, she's like, okay, you could be, you know, it's likely a lot of burning sensation right now. And it was as he was about to crown. And I remember thinking my head, I was like, oh, this isn't even that bad. And I think I even say out loud in the video, I was like, oh no, I'm fine. Wow there were so many points where they're like, okay, this might be painful or it's going to get more intense. And I was like almost bracing myself. But then I was like, okay, that wasn't that bad at all. Like that actually felt good. And When you get to push, it's just like, oh my God. Like again, yeah, you surrender to it. It feels like it can feel amazing.
1: Like fucking blow your mind. Wow.
2: Yeah. So that's where I was on the pain scale.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Um, what what did your husband say? Because you said he was kind of a little bit not on board at the beginning and then he was, and then like he's now catching him. Like what what was his experience?
2: He was so happy we did the home birth. He was like, I complete turnaround and he was amazing. He was so supportive throughout. And yeah, he was just like, I he's like, that was an amazing experience. I'm so glad we did it at home. And the amazing thing too was, you know, typically if you go to a birth center, usually they only allow you to stay maybe up to four hours and it'll totally depend on on the center um hospitals I think they end up keeping you at least overnight but here we were a family right here at home in bed you know we got to just immediately rest and just start that integration have those golden hours together not have to worry about packing things up and going because it was in the middle of winter like December 1st and so we didn't have to go out into the cold we didn't have to get in a car like we were here we were home our midwives they stayed with us for a few hours like I still had to get up and walk um, and go to the bathroom and do all the things they check a few things before they you know leave us for the night okay but and then you know they return the next day to come check in on me and for a couple days after and, and you know I still go and see them up to six weeks later but yeah he was
0: So you never
1: went to the hospital at all, like to even check in, like, how does the process go with birth certificate, weigh-ins, all that stuff? The midwife does all of that?
2: Yeah. The midwife does all that. So essentially as long, like here in Canada, as long as you have a low risk pregnancy, you can have a midwife. You don't need to have a doctor and the midwife, okay. you can, they um, have certain hospitals where they have rights in that they can, if you want to have a hospital birth, they can go there. I'll say the birth center or I'll say home. And actually they really do enjoy and support home births. But here in Ottawa, I found, and even when I talked to my midwives afterwards, I was like, you know, talking about kind of the business that I'm building and talking about the mindset stuff. And, you know, like, what did you guys see? And, you know, what, you know, what was your perspective of this birth? And he said, honestly, it was such a treat. He said, we don't see this very often. They're like, you had a large baby at home, unmedicated in a very short amount of time. Right. With like Very minimal. I did have a two degree tear, but I was
1: it- going to ask, did you tear?
2: I did have a tear yeah um and at no point did I realize I was having such a big baby either it didn't even enter my mind or like how long everything was gonna go um but yeah like all these things and in a very conservative city where everyone is very like I would say a good chunk of the population is very um reliant on the experts on you know following protocol and certain things like that that yeah seeing a birth like this is a little bit outside the box for them.
1: Wow. So how did you, what, did you have to go in and fix the tear?
2: Uh, no, our midwife, um, she was able to, she stitched me up right here in bed. I just had to shuffle over. They like, get the light. I was nursing my son while it happened and they froze me and she stitched me up. And wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Um, what? Okay. So yes you're like you said, it's kind of an odd thing because people are so conditioned and programmed to think that it's supposed to go this way. We trust the doctors for a reason They're They've delivered hundreds and thousands of babies. Mm -hmm. Um, what made you want to do it this way? So much consider like, did your mom, your you know other generations do they look at you and be like oh my gosh girl you have no idea you're your first kid like you should really do it in the hospital
2: I um I don't know I guess I I like to push the limits sometimes or I like to break stigmas (laughs) sometimes
1: same I'm a challenge society kind of girl so that's yeah I'm all about it I'm very much,
2: yeah. I like to challenge society or the status quo. Um, I, it's funny. I remember, um, I think it was my niece's first birthday and I'm not even pregnant. I haven't had a kid yet. And I'm there with, you know, my mother-in-law who's had three boys and my sister-in-law who's had, you know, one year old now. And I don't know, I, the conversation of pregnancy and childbirth came up and I was talking about, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, birth doesn't have to be painful. And they're just kind of like, okay, like I went through it, like it's painful or I had three kids, like, what right. are you talking about? And I was just, I don't know, just so like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. I'm like, pain is literally like a perception,
1: right? Right. It's not. Our brain doesn't decipher pain and pleasure mm-hmm. very well. We dictate what is pain painful and yeah. what is pleasurable.
2: Yeah. And even if we look at, um, you know, mammals, the a- animal kingdom, you know, we're we're the only species here that have perpetuated this idea of fear and ego around birth yeah If yeah. you don't see animals giving you know going scheduling c-sections and asking for epidurals and needing all these things and even you know if you ever witness a natural birth from an animal it's easeful it's like instinctual it's you know, there's no screaming and pain. There's, there's none of that. It's like what our bodies are meant to do. There's so much intuitiveness and, and instincts that just kick in, you know, but we've, we've overrode that so much. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: So yeah. for someone like me, who mm-hmm. is preparing for pregnancy and birth in the future, what is the best, um, because I agree with everything you're saying the fear-mongering, the programming and conditioning of this is how it should be and comparing your pregnancies to other women's pregnancies and all these things. What is the best? I think, um, not one thing, but what are some things that maybe someone like me or women who are looking to have an experience like what you had, how should we prepare? Mm.
2: So one, get really clear on the experience that you want to have.
1: Okay. Get
2: really clear on that.
1: Um, again, script it, journal it, script, meditate it, about it,
2: visualize it, meditate on it, you know, find those positive birth stories, find those things that prove yeah. and build that evidence that it can be this easeful. It can be this pleasurable. It can be this amazing. It can be mind blowing. Right. Um, really get clear with your relationship to fear. And practice doing brave things, right? Practice taking brave action, even, even in little menial things that, you know, you might hesitate towards, um, because fear does play such a big part in throughout this process. And like I said, it's not about overcoming it. It's about how to integrate it in and understanding your relationship with fear. Because if you are overcome with fear, you will make decisions that lead you away from your ideal birth experience, right? Um, the other thing too, is, you know, building a really strong support system, um, whether it be sure. your partner, um, your medical care team, getting a doula, right. Get people that align with your vision. Yeah. Um, and that will help advocate for you throughout the process as well, because when you're giving birth, you're, are in a totally different world, right. And a totally different mindset. And if you have those proper systems of support there, um, that will also help advocate for you. Um, that will also help keep you in alignment of the birth that you want to have. Right, it's having a really strong team and a strong support system. Yeah, and like I said, I know, love that.
1: Yeah, those are great. Was it hard to find positive birth experiences?
2: No, I found it easy. Honestly, one of my favorite books, like I love her, and I is Ina May and her book. Um, what is it? Uh the guide to childbirth. And it's full of positive birth stories. There's actually a number of different books and even podcasts and stuff out there um, that you will find a lot of positive birth stories. And I find is what's also important again is really being able to mediate your own energy and that you can't control everything that's going to come to you because people see you're pregnant and they will come up to you and they'll just tell you sometimes the worst story they've ever Oh my heard. God.
1: That's Unsolicited so advice. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Yes.
2: It blows my mind. Sometimes I'm like, why do you think someone would want to hear that? Right. Um, But also knowing that when you're so grounded in your own vision, what you're capable of trusting your body, that you can hear those things, right? It doesn't just because people come to you that you can kind of put up that sort of that energetic wall of like, okay, thank you for sharing, but it's not really good. I'm not going to let that stick to me. I'm not going to let that sit, right? Because even same thing. And what I work with my clients too, is, you know, being able to go into whether you choose to do a hospital birth is that if you have that nurse. That wants to say the things that, you know, w- want to plant ideas of pain or discomfort in your head. And you're like, all right, she's got a warped sense of what this really is. I don't have to listen to it. And also I have my team, my support team here that can be like, okay, you know what? You may need to leave the room. Right. That's where I talk about like having that strong support system that also helps manage the energy. And, you know, and that's what I do for my, some of my clients in person as well as sometimes, you know, as a doula supporting them, it's even just mediating the energy in the room.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Keeping a good flow.
2: Yeah. Mediating the flow. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, here's to all the good juju rubbing off on you and rubbing off rubbing on me that we can have these experiences more often. Um, and I just have absolutely loved listening to you talk about, it's such a different experience to hear you talk about childbirth, um, compared to what we're used to hearing. And I don't get me wrong. I've heard some good stories. Absolutely. I've heard, I mean, I've had some friends of mine. They're like, Oh my God, it was in labor for like two hours. She just popped out. Like it was no big deal. So, um, I've definitely heard some great stories. I definitely know that it can be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're right. I think, um, great advice on your, like figuring out your relationship with fear. I think that's the biggest thing for sure. Um, support team, obviously like I'm definitely, I've definitely got that. Um, I've got some amazing homeopaths and like, uh, doctors that are not really Western, but they're, they're certified doctors, you know, things like that. Um, some incredible people around me that I know that like, if something happened, they could actually save my life. So like all good things, but yes, my relationship with fear and also, um, just the positive birth experiences, just feeding your brain of more and more of those, um, and choosing to shut out the people who, are not on this positive experience train, you know, like whatever their unsolicited advice is, cut them off and say, keep that to yourself. I don't need that in my head. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, but no, thank you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. It's all about, you know, calibrating your energy and holding, you know, holding that. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And the other thing I would say is learn, you know, as much as you can about the physiological process, right. Understanding like, what your body is doing and, and depending, you know, if you do go the route with a doula or anything like that, you know, they can provide you that information too. Cause like I said, knowledge is power. So it's not only just like yes. this all the time. Yeah. The spiritual mindset part piece, it's also, you know, the evidence and the proof in our bodies of what it, what they actually do and what it does undisturbed. Right. And right. just knowing options and different things that you can have and tools that you can have, you know, help your body through the birthing process if it needs it right Right. sometimes it doesn't need any interference so
1: sure yeah no absolutely absolutely be open to that and that you know you may not know how this experience is going to go but like you said we don't there are certain things we don't have control over but again the visualization of how you want it to go that was the first thing you said as well just visualizing how you want the experience to go and I do believe that um, you know when we have certain things in our world, just, you know, like you said, practicing that, like when we have work events, big conferences um, you know, my husband's wisdom teeth surgery, like all these different things. I like definitely the night before visualize how that's going to go. And I visualize it going well, you know Um, so it's all good things. So I completely agree with everything that you're saying. Um, If my audience has questions, where can they reach you?
2: Uh, you can reach me actually on Instagram at the dot new dot earth dot matriarch.
1: Perfect, awesome, and we'll have all of Laura's links in the show notes, so you can easily click on those um, and find her and discuss more. If this is something that you, if you're pregnant, if you're wanting to be pregnant, if this is an experience you're wanting to gravitate towards. Um, I think, you know, why would you not want to? Um, I know that again, the fear of like, oh, well, you know, mine can't be that way. Um, We didn't really discuss like the, um, you said the um, high risk pregnancies, right? Because you were not a high risk pregnancy from day one. So some people are, maybe they are not, you know, in a, in a weight category that allows them to be a low risk pregnancy. Maybe they have, you know, um, autoimmune disorders. They, they're, their mothers had terrible pregnancies, whatever. Um, so it can be genetic. Um, what what can they still have this experience?
2: I think you can have a positive experience no matter what. Um, again, is just educating yourself on the options that you have because sometimes the medical care staff won't always provide all your options for you so definitely like
1: most of the time they won't I think
2: most of the time they won't most of the time they won't they sway you you
1: towards something that they think is the better option and the one that they want to deal with
2: yeah exactly they'll likely prevent or or provide you with a very narrow (laughs) option list of options right so if you are high risk and this happens like this is your opportunity to do the due diligence look into what your options are um and that you can still create you know a nice birth experience even if you have to go in for a c-section this is like your opportunity to advocate for yourself that like even if i'm having a c-section i still want you know low lights i want to be able to play music i want to do this and you know maybe not all hospitals will um you know, allow that, but it doesn't right. hurt in asking, right? Like it's by those that want to really own their experience by speaking up and start asking for these things. This is what will start to shift the culture. If no one asked for this stuff, then why would they change? Right. But if you well, really step into that place of leadership, um, in your pregnancy, in that journey, that this is like what gets to shift that culture right at the end of the day that medical care team the staff they're there to serve you and you are the one in control right although there's been a lot of right we're we're taught otherwise right we're taught otherwise that our birth needs to be
1: managed right right so that's what we're trying to shift the paradigm here is that at the end of the day they work for you and it's your experience that they're trying to facilitate not the other way around yeah and yeah you're right the answer will always be no if you don't ask I say that all the time and everything uh, everything else so why would you not at least
2: yeah you you know yeah like you can still ask for you know delayed cord clamping you can still ask to have your baby on your chest right away like these are things you can still ask for yeah no matter what kind of pregnancy you're having for the most part right
1: absolutely absolutely um I cannot thank you enough for this conversation, just for your energy, for sharing space, um, in this topic and for just for your knowledge and also just for what you're doing for so many women and helping them to understand that this experience does not need to be traumatic. Um, it does, you know, it's not the more painful, you know, the more gold stars you get at the end of the day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you've done it, you've got a medal of honor. It's not about that. It should be a pleasurable experience. And I, I strongly believe that as well, because I, I see that in other areas of my life when people say, oh, this is how it always goes, you know, and it's like, well, that's not how it goes for us. You know, um, the big thing right now is traveling. Oh my gosh, my flights are always delayed. Well, ours aren't, yeah. you know, and we're all living in the same, same you know, way. pilot yeah. shortage, you know, uh, issue. And yeah. it's just, you know, we have a different energy when we travel. Um, so I do I very strongly believe that that can be crossed over I think for me it's been uh such a fear for so long I built it up to this be this thing and then a lot of it was like well I'm not gonna have kids anyway so I don't really have to worry about it and so now that that has shifted it's shifting the fear of that to you know um a more positive Mm
2: -hmm. well I think again yeah that's where it's time to expand it upon beyond just, you know, healthy mom, healthy baby. Right. Right. That that seems to be the standard. And sometimes that gets us into more interventions by just focusing on that. And saying, like can also have like a thriving, empowering mother and baby, right? These are all things, you know, we can go beyond just that, that minimum, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we just need to do better. Like let's yeah. evolve, let's grow. Let's, how can we make these experiences better, easier, yeah. um, you know, more, more common to have these more positive experiences um, instead of, you know, what, what has been taught to yeah. us. So thank you for sharing. Um, you. Again, if you guys want more information on Laura, her experience, you know, to work with her. Um her all of her information is in the show notes. And uh yeah, we may have to do a part two of this when I, you know, when when it starts to become a real thing in my life. Um I have so so much more
2: I can say. (laughs) Oh
1: no, totally, totally. And I can see that. And I just wanted to kind of like graze the, you know, the the idea real quick of of you know, not be so overwhelmed with information because switching a paradigm already is so very difficult for people to even say like. Mm -hmm. this can be a pleasurable experience, not a painful one, because even the moms and the sisters in your life are like, please, I had three children. I know exactly how painful this is, (laughs) you know? So like that already just saying a phrase like that, people are like, and next podcast, you know, because it's, it's not something they want to believe to be a reality. And so just by you sharing your experience and the way that you were feeling and really breaking that down, I think is so crucial. Um, And then, yeah, it can get deeper for the people who are ready to jump on that, on that ship.
2: Yeah. Love it.
1: Amazing. Thank
2: you so much, Christine.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. I'm Christine, and if this episode resonated with you or spoke to you in any way, please feel free to share. I absolutely love hearing from you guys and your thoughts about the topics based on your experiences. And also, if there's anything you want me to talk about, just screenshot this episode and share it on social media with your comments. Your feedback really helps me to curate episodes that best serve you. If you have time, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a review wherever you're listening to this episode, whether on Apple or Spotify or any other platform. I'm wishing you a blessed week ahead and remember, perfection doesn't exist. Take messy action. Healthy habits keep us balanced and you are enough.